1: Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by E.P. Wealth.
2: I'm always trying to make this show better. So on Fridays, I try to make it best of while still cutting live material on the radio if you want the live material. Work with me a little bit. It's not going to be perfect because I'm really focusing on the podcasting side. What happened this week? What was the the week in review's big picture, and where do we end up on Friday? Let's talk about it. Tech stocks were leading the way on Monday. Optimism about a slowdown in the pace of interest rate hikes from the Federal Reserve. Inflation receding at a rapid pace, Um, faster than the Fed was expecting. Federal Reserve officials have entered a quiet period before they have a February 1 rate decision. So that's coming up. 61% 61% chance of a recession this year, according to an economist poll. Spotify cut 6% of its workforce, about 600 employees. Apple wants to manufacture 25% of its phones in India. Doesn't that feel like a year ago that we did that story? Avatar The Way of the Water passed $2 billion at the box office. James Cameron now has three of the top five all-time grossing movies. The only ones he has to catch, 2015 Star Wars The Force Awakens and The Avengers Endgame. If you wanted all three, I don't know if that's possible, but I don't really care either. You know, the big story I think this week was tech layoffs. A lot of people are talking about them. And, oh, it's so horrible in tech world. But I looked at the numbers and it's kind of goofy. Yes. In the first half of 2022, there were only 44,000 reported layoffs. And in the first half of 20, uh, the first month of 2023, there's already been over 55,000. Blind shares of layoffs are at the big boys, Amazon, Google, Microsoft. Amazon announced an 18,000 person layoff in the past two months. There was one round of 10,000, another round of 8,000. Microsoft is reducing its head force by 10,000. But Microsoft hired 58,000 people the two years previous. So the net gain in the last two years plus a month is 48,000. Meta hired 27,000 people in 2022. Now they're letting go 10,000. That's a net gain over the last two years of 17,000. You see how this is playing out? Alphabet cuts 12,000 workers. Net gain over the last two years, though, of 40,000. I don't know if we should be as upset as we are. They they have a lot of wiggle room. Yes, I've seen some horrific stories about Google losing um, two employees and the husband's on an HB1 visa, and he has to leave the country in six weeks. Wait, what? What? He has to leave the country, his wife and kids, that he's been working at a company for 12 years? That seems weird, but let's go with it. Some other top stories of this week. Horror movies are doing really well. I bring that up because Megan currently holds a 95% fresh rating, and it's pulling in a lot of money. The film industry only pulled in $7.5 billion in 2022, way down from 2019. The horror genre, though, counted for $700 million. And what I want you to learn about that is... Actors are a little less cheap. Sets are a little less cheap. It's product. It still costs charging the same amount of money in the movie theater. Teenagers aren't as picky. You could ruin a comic book movie by having the Hulk just look silly. Like, that's why the Hulk movies never do well as standalone films. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm stretching here. But you can't really ruin a movie like Saw 10 or The Nun 2. Disappointments. No one's going in thinking, this is going to be the greatest movie ever. I think that's fair to say. By Tuesday, we saw stocks wobble a bit on back-to-back gains, having problems breaking out of that 50-day and 200-day moving average. Earnings season continued to results um, with 3M and Verizon. Both stocks fell on disappointing guidance. I like the disappointing guidance. We're lowering expectations. That's very important on Wall Street to underpromise and overdeliver. Silly story of the week. m and say it's going to replace its iconic Spokes Candies mascots with Maya Rudolph bowing to pressure from Fox News host Tucker Carlson, who has criticized the woke M&M's. I really don't care if my M&M's have boots on or sneakers. I, I thought it was a creative idea. I get why people could be upset that the new purple M&M is meant to accept acceptance and inclusivity. And that took me back to my childhood. I was like, wait, wait, M&M's or green ones poison. Like, what did we like used to bag on each other? And like, red ones made you, you know, like sexy. I was like, give me a red one, please. Bay Area home prices are falling aggressively. San Francisco experienced the largest year over year decrease in median home sale prices in December, ending 2022 very differently than how it started. So, this is market that was due for a correction. The stock market was due for a correction. The bond market, eh, I don't know if it was due for a correction, it was just mispriced. But the housing market, what goes up, it doesn't come down. But it doesn't always go straight up. And sometimes it needs to digest. And when we were sprinting up in 2020 and 2021, outbidding each other by a million dollars on a home in the Bay Area, we needed to calm down. Sales volume fell 41%. I say that's good news, not bad. Amazon.com or Amazon, don't call us.com anymore, they're entering the generic prescription perk market for Prime. I think this is a great idea. Getting drugs and prescriptions into elderly people's homes, delivered um, in a pill package that says Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I think is a it's it's smart. It's one way of getting business. It's it's a nice discount when you're a senior. You're looking for as many discounts as you want. Can whether it be a cheap dinner before six o'clock, or whether it's a movie uh, ticket that's discounted because you're a senior. I've earned that senior discount. Um, I think Amazon's doing the right thing going after healthcare because it's an industry that hasn't seen a lot of disruption in our lifetime. By Wednesday, the markets dropped after Microsoft's dismal guidance. Wait till I get to Thursday's dismal guidance. Well, I'll go and spoil it for you. Intel was the worst quarter I've ever seen from Intel. And I bring Intel up because once they were a giant, they were the Apple of tech stocks in the 1990s. Uh, they had dancing bunnies. Dancing bunnies. Yeah, there's semiconductor equipment uh, people who uh, go into the clean rooms and they have to wear what are called bunny suits. They had dancing bunny suits, and they look like uh, radiation suits on TV commercials during the Super Bowl. Kimberly Clark had a bad quarter. Texas Instruments had a bad quarter. Capital One had a bad quarter. It's good to see. But also on th- uh, Wednesday, we learned that Google's cutting 1,800 employees in California. So I look at that as... That's a lot of mortgages that should help the real estate market correct even further because they're going to be sellers who are not in control. The buyers will be. But we also learned that Google cut 27 massage therapists. and you're like 27 massage. That's that's not good. That's not good. Ticketmaster was on Capitol Hill. Will anything happen? I doubt it. It's the third time they've been in Capitol Hill in the last 25 years. Live Nation, Ticketmaster merged in 2010. They became a multi-billion dollar three-in-one entity, event promoter, venue operator, ticketing service. It seems like every year the ticketing goes up in cost, the venue costs go up in cost, the promoting costs go up, and the the people who end up paying it is you and me, the consumer. But will Taylor Swift, will her wrath finally break Ticketmaster in front of Congress? Well, they turned over the case to the Department of Justice. So Congress is going to do anything. But will the Department of Justice? Stocks have edged higher on um, economic growth. Thursday, we learned that Tesla's better than feared results. Uh, better than feared, not great, but better than feared. That's not exactly an endorsement of love. And analysts were quick to say, yeah, some of the numbers were great. They discounted the cars 20%, so they sold volume 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 but they also discounted their cars 20 percent not all models most models and when you do that you basically um kill the margins so will there be a price war coming to electric vehicles it kind of looks like there may be should we wait i don't know you can find me online at rob black show twitter rob black show youtube rob black show i'm rob black
1: Don't want to work forever? Check out the Retirement Planning Guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth.
2: I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. One of the things that I'm... uh, This goal of this show is to get you to retirement so that you can have income in retirement. I tell the story, and I'm sorry if you've heard it, but my spouse, one of the things I fell in love with her is that she had a great relationship with her father, and she had a great relationship with her grandfather. Um, And I never got to meet her grandfather. He passed before I met her, but she was like, he was cool. We'd come down to Orange County. We'd go to Disney. Um, He had an avocado farm, and he'd have two $5 bills or two full-size Snickers behind his back and just say, pick a hand. And no matter what hand you picked, you were a winner and he made you feel good and he made you feel safe. And that's the goal of the show is I want you to be a grandparent, maybe an uncle um, and make the kids feel great. Childhoods are important. um, <clears throat> And having the ability to travel when you retire, I think is nice because you're only going to be able to do it for a few years before your body starts saying, nope. You'll know my body's tired when you see me on a boat the love boat it's so funny when i was eight nine i probably thought the love boat looked like the most exciting thing ever because there was women and people fell in love like tony danza with cheryl teagues um and then when i got to like 15 i'm like that looks like the most uncool thing in the planet next time you see me on a boat will be or even wanting to be on a boat i'll be like 75 years old and in a walker I know you're saying, 75, you don't need to be at a walker. I'm just kind of guessing I will be. So to be a cool grandparent in retirement, I believe that you're going to need to have income more so than Social Security. The average American makes somewhat about $20,000 in income from Social Security, depending on when you take it. I just uh, popped up mine, and I could take it early and get $2,500 a month. I could take it late and get over $4,500 a month. As of now, I think that's going to change in the next 5, 10, 15 years before I retire. Um, (laughs) Again, is this the best segment ever? It's not really meant to be. It's really, really not. Um, Things are are dynamic and they change. And When you you pick one individual person, um, we're all different. 800-516-1220 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Financial freedom in retirement, to me, is all about cash flow. And I hate using terms like financial freedom. It it sounds goofy. It's a buzzword that you may see a salesperson from any of the major firms out there. And I could, I, I've i never, I'm not bashing anyone, but if you're in a financial planning relationship or a financial advisor relationship or a stock broker relationship, and you hear the word financial freedom, I'm like, ooh, cringy buzzword. I'm not telling you it's a bad person. I'm just saying, be ready for a sales pitch, right? If you ever thought things were truly wrong, you'd want to know. When I was a child, I recall my mother saying that drinking and driving was against the law and it wasn't a good idea. Uh, For many years, whenever I saw someone drinking a soda while driving, I thought they were criminals. You know, you put two and two together. I wasn't the smartest kid. There's a lot of misconceptions. There's a lot of consequences are real when you have a misconception about something as far as money and retirement, income and retirement, financial freedom. The first time I came across the idea of financial freedom in retirement was just reading, I suppose, or maybe it was the news. Maybe I was watching Dan Rather or something as a kid, Walter Cronkite and the mortgage industry. Mortgage has got the word death in it, Morton, right? M-O-R-T, so we hate it. And you get a mortgage and you have to pay for 30 years. And a lot of people, when they used to send coupon books to you. You didn't set it up digitally, you did not do an auto draft from your bank account. They would send you 30 times 12, 12 months, right? So we're talking over 360 roughly, Um, 340. I don't know. My math is a little sloppy in the morning, sorry. 360 um, payments and you every month at the 27th of the month, if your payment was due on the first, you'd say, honey, where's an envelope? Where's the stamp? I got to send in the mortgage payment. For thirty years, and it is a big chunk of your salary, so you you grow to hate it. But in reality, when you're young, that mortgage payment's tough. But when you're older, that mortgage payment should be a little bit easier if you got raises every year and you saved money, and you get the idea. But there's a, a sense of freedom when you send in your last mortgage payment. Now, I think it's a horrible thing to do because your home is going to go up or down in value if it's paid off or not. Now, high mortgages, you want to pay off. Low mortgages, I think you want to keep around. All of my mortgages right now are 3.1% or less um, because I refinanced them over the last five years when the markets were low, Um, when the mortgage markets were low, mortgage rates were low. I'm not going to prepay any of those. And I don't want to pay it off, but psychologically, I get the idea of financial freedom. Now, I want you to have enough security that you feel independent And that you feel you can do this on your own. Um, I don't want you to say, I think I will be okay, because that is a false perception. Going back to, you know, if you drink and drive even a soda, you're a criminal. It's against the law. You really want to do a little bit better. Um, I've set up some passive income. um, To go with my social security. I have replaced Oh, well, I've replaced well over 100% of my salary. So I could take my foot off the pedal if I want to. But I'm still saving. I Right now, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should take a month off and do a sabbatical. Um, and that's where a, a relationship with a certified financial planner comes in. And that's one of the things I'm doing this seminar for. You're going to hear new people on the show. Carrie uh, Sachs, Bronwyn Shawn, Stephanie Richmond. they're all CFPs. You've heard Chad Burton, but Bronwyn once came on the show and talked about a sabbatical year. And I'm like, it's such a foreign concept to me. And she goes, yeah, in my early 30s, I went to France. And I'm like, oh, now I get it. Very romantic. See the world. Um, I get it. In between your you know, your first big job and your next big job and maybe a marriage or something, I, I, I totally get it. And I kind of wish I would have done that. But after college, what I did was I took my sabbatical. Then I toured Europe. I stayed with a f- friend uh, friend in France um, for a whole month. It was it was great. Um, and then I got my job after my college was done and before my first job. So I get it. And we're gonna be bringing in concepts like that to you there's a big event if you can sign up for it at rob black show i would appreciate it retirement income and tax planning with cfp chad merton ep wealth advisors is sponsoring the gig um, come to the juniper hotel thursday february 9th 6 30 p.m you can sign up at robblackshow.com in the big upper right hand corner there's an events and um so if you're a financial planner want to join the firm let me know just hit the contact button up there i would love to bring you on and help um Put you in front of people that need help on financial planning issues. Little dream come true for me. Um, This is a good job. This is a good gig. I'm not a big fan of the psychology of the six safest Vanguard funds to own in a bear market. I'm okay with that. if, If you know, if that's you, that's really not me. I don't want to own crazy in a great market. I don't want to own crazy in a bad market. I want my portfolio to stand on its own. Bear market, bull market. Bull market, the market's trending higher. Bear market, the market's 20% off from its all-time high or recent highs. Bear markets can last 330 days. They can go on and on and on. They can go on for two years. Now, we're a year into this bear market, and I still see people wanting to manage for the recession. I'm like, I I think your time to manage was about six months ago. But that's even, I just said, I think, I can't say I know. That's against the law. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I'm not a fiduciary. I am not a CFP, but I act as a fiduciary. The moment I hurt you, I quit this job. I don't want to be that guy. I want to get you to retirement, get you good income, let you be a good grandparent. That's my goal. Or good uncle, aunt. I don't think you have to be married and have children to be a good person. Um, Now, Vanguard's got a high dividend yield ETF, yielding 3%. I like that one in a good economy, bad economy. I think that could be part of a portfolio, but I don't think it has to be in a recession or I don't think I don't think you have to approach it that way. I think you should have a little bit of income in your portfolio when you're younger and as you get older you should have more income in your portfolio. Vanguard Health Fund. It's a great one for a recession because we need healthcare in a good economy and a bad economy. But I think we need healthcare in, in all 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 the time. Healthcare is over 20% of our spend in our nation. Follow the money, ladies and gentlemen. So the Vanguard Health Fund is ticker symbol VHCIX. And Vanguard high dividend yield is VYM. I'm not saying they're appropriate for you. I see where they make sense. I don't own Vanguard consumer staples, but I get that, you know, you're going to have to eat. You may not be going to the movies, but you're going to have to eat Uh, Procter & Gamble. You're going to have to wipe your butt. Mondelez, they make cheap snacks, Oreos, Wheat Thins. Walmart, Costco, they sell all those items. Those are consumer staples. I own shares a target. It's not my sexiest stock in any way, shape or form, but you know what? I can't be sexy all the time. When I wear my shirt on button three buttons, I could do that for about three hours and I feel kind of weird. When I throw on the gold chains, I can do it for one night and then I feel kind of weird. You can't be sexy all the time in investing or in life. Big event coming up February 9th. Sign up at Rob Black Show.
1: Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth Certified Financial Planners online at robblackshow.com.
2: So i get got a big event coming up February 9th in Cupertino. It's about income and retirement. In the last two weeks before the event, I tend to plug, 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 and build content around that. The one thing I really like about this job, I don't like getting up at three in the morning. I hate it. Um, the one thing I look forward to in retirement is sleeping until seven. I know you're saying seven. I'm not sleeping almost till ten. I I I feel for you if you think that's the case. I get up crazy early. I have to be smart about this stuff. Um I have a duty to you. I pledge of you listen, I'm gonna do my best to get you to retirement. Big event coming up in Cupertino, Income and Retirement, Juniper Hotel. It's a lovely hotel. There's a lot of shops and nice restaurants around. Um, I plan to get to the event around 3. It starts at 6.30, goes to 8.30. But I'm going to indulge in some restaurants and hanging out with some of the the team, like CFP Chad Burton and Dan Fetterman and Ryan Ignacio, all CFPs. They represent the San Mateo uh, Peninsula area. And later this year, two months from now, I'm going to be doing one on the East Bay in Lafayette um and you will learn more at robloxshow.com it's robloxshow.com but let's get back to the content shall we um i'm all for optimizing i just don't do it too much when it comes to investing think before you change have a plan one of the bigger questions i get about retirement is am i going to be okay in retirement and the reason i'm not talking about the stock market this week is the stock market's been great we're having a good year. I don't want to over-focus on that. Are we going to have bad days? Yes. Are we going to have down years? I would count on seven up years, three down years, historically, that's where we've been. Historically, you get seven up years, three down years. We haven't had three down years in the last 20. It hasn't been 14 in, in six. We've been more winner and winning than that. So we're skewing towards, uh-oh. Don't overextend yourself. And when we do, a correction comes along and we're like, oh, that's horrible. Anyone who's been in this market for four, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, they're happy. Anyone who's been in for one or two, they're like, oh, I don't know about this. feels kind of like it went up fast. It went down fast. I know you're saying, why does Jimmy Stewart sound like the average investor? Or what does the average investor sound like Jimmy Stewart? Oh, I don't know. Um, so I don't need to focus every day on the stock market. That's what I'm getting at. I don't have to optimize every day. But I will say there are five things that you need to think about um, in retirement, at least five. And are you going to be okay? And I think you should have that, that question answered five years before you hit retirement, at least, maybe 10. So number one, protect what you saved. Planning for retirement is pretty simple. Just answer the question, you know, Um am I going to be okay and how do you do that you start playing with what do you need to be okay Um, it requires asking questions about obstacles you've never had to ask before on retirement did I save enough money Will I run out of money when do I start retirement when do I start Social Security what Medicare plan is the best doesn't that suck you have to do math and compare things in retirement but number one, protect what you saved. You worked from age twenty to sixty roughly. I've been working since I was about fourteen scooping ice cream um waiting tables before I got to high school um i I, I was a clerk while I was in high school and that would um stock shelves two nights a week. so I'd literally you know come home from work at like two in the morning and go to high school the next morning at six um on a couple nights of the week so the shift was like eight to midnight eight to one kind of thing people that are in like cvs stock and it's, that's a late night job and i loved it so i liked having cash flow it funded what i needed as a teenager get it protect what you've saved that's super important because i've worked from 20 to 60 essentially i'm not 60 I'm a few years off from that but if i saved a million dollars and need fifty thousand dollars a year of income then i'm going to need to you know Five percent off that million. If you lose fifty percent of that one million, now you have five hundred thousand, and your income is going to be cut down to twenty five thousand. So it's it's simple math. Protect what you've accumulated. Accumulate enough to generate income. Uh, we used to say a million dollars will generate between forty and sixty thousand dollars a year, but in the last five years, with interest rates as low as they are, it's been twenty thousand to forty thousand at best. Now that interest rates have creeped back up to 4%, you can get 4% of a million. Safely, you can get 40000 But does that keep up with inflation? Boogeyman, boogeyman, boogeyman. Inflation. So protect what you've saved. Number two, have an income plan. Um, I, I'm not going to be the CFP type of person who goes like, you should bounce a check to the funeral home on the day you die. I'm going to say, I hope you have some a nice amount of money to give away to charity or to your children or to your heirs or whoever when you die. But it's the same concept. Don't let your income get to the point of like, uh, sorry, sorry, son, I don't have money to give you in retirement. In fact, uh, I need to move in with you. I have an income plan. I don't want to run out of money ever in retirement. And, you know, my income plan is probably to spend a little bit more in the first 10 years of retirement than in the last 10 years of retirement. In the first 10 years, I'm going to be spending more on travel. In the last 10, maybe be spending more on health care, which brings me to the point number three. You want to feel secure in retirement about your your golden years? Have an option on health care. You're going to have to learn a little bit about Medicare, a little bit about long-term care. Um. Americans who turn 65 in 2021 have an 83% chance of needing some type of long-term care. So if you're 65 right now, there's an 83% chance that you're going to need to have some sort of long-term care. And that stuff ain't cheap. Paying for a nurse to come uh, take care of you, to change you, to help facilitate and help you uh, take drugs. It's great if you have a, uh, my dad, when he needed long-term care, when he got cancer and he couldn't move about, my mom took care of him. You know who took care of my mom in the last three years of her life? Long-term care, hospitals did. It was $100,000 a year. I'd put together an estate plan if you want to feel secure in retirement. And I'd try to reduce the taxes that you owe. That's where a CFP does a lot of magic. Come to the event in Cupertino February 9th. Sign up at RobBlackShow.com to learn more about income and retirement. I'm Rob Black.
1: (laughs) This interview featured on The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at robblack.com. I feel
2: that we got a little bit of a head fake yesterday. The month of January has been very good. It's rewarded growth. Last year, value beat growth. So far this year, growth was beating value. And then Microsoft, oh, they were building the cards They were, they were putting up the house and the quarter looked really good after. For 15 minutes, I was looking at briefing.com and Microsoft was up 10 bucks. Um, After reporting earnings, it looked pretty solid. I was like, did we turn the corner? Is growth going to do it? Is they're going to build? The answer is no, it's down eight bucks today. It didn't hold those gains. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, I want to say outstanding work at briefing.com. I was just punching in ticker symbols yesterday and watching the live in play as the markets closed and earnings season rolls out. It's a really nice little feature. I don't know if you've ever caught yourself doing that. But in play during earnings season is a lot of fun for me. Thank you.
3: Sure thing, and good morning, Rob. Yeah, I um, well, I'm I'm living it in real time actually, so I'm contributing to all that earnings information that's running through in play. So, uh, so I see it come across fast and furious, and sometimes not fast enough as we're crunching those numbers.
2: <laughs> I hear you on that. Um, it's a lot of information. <laughs> And I think it does a nice job. Obviously, I've used your services. I just figured it out today for 25 years. And briefing.com is is wonderful at that. And <clears throat> I was talking about being excited to talk to you today because Microsoft did lower their earnings expectations. Is this the flag or is this one of many flags or is this one of a few flags that you're going to be looking for to say it's safe to go back in the water? It's, it's OK to be a long term investor. Again, you don't have to worry about short term fluctuations. Of course, you don't know us, and of course, you don't take responsibility for everyone out there because we're all different. But what did you make of Microsoft's uh, not miss, but I, I would say gap in some some key areas?
3: Right. Well, I think it was a you know a flag that suggested that the the market's enthusiasm here in January is probably gotten a little bit ahead of itself. Um, you know, we've seen since the start of the year, a lot of the, the lower quality uh, names really take off. Uh, that's consistent with kind of what's called the January effect, where a lot of those smaller uh, names with less liquidities, smaller floats, you know, they, they get hit with tax loss selling activity at the end of a year, and then they come you know, roaring back on the basis that uh, they've been washed out and uh, you've also seen a number of the high beta names, you know, do very well and, and and certainly these mega cap names and and other growth stocks have done exceedingly well to start the year kind of under this, the same premise that they, you know, were hopefully washed out last year and and now are due to rebound but i think, you know, in the case of Microsoft it's just a wake up call, right? that uh we're in a, a more challenging business environment and a more challenging earnings environment and uh you know microsoft didn't have any any earnings growth uh and then it's projecting a you know a deceleration in the growth rate for its you know one of its most powerful growth engines which is that azure business and uh, you know and if you have you know the biggest and the best talking about a a slowdown uh, it does create some concerns that you know other companies are going to be affected uh, uh similarly and therefore Earnings prospects uh, for 2023 are, are going to be, you know, challenging to, you know, to meet higher expectations. And so, I think you have a market taking a step back this morning. That's just kind of recognizing that, you know, we're running into some valuation constraints here, and the willingness to pay up for premium earnings just isn't as great as it used to be, um, you know, for a variety of reasons.
2: It's interesting because I do a very different type of. I'm in the business with you, but in a very different world. I'm on very consumer facing. I saw a headline pass that Microsoft says Xbox monthly active users hit a record 120 million people. And I'm like, Wall Street loves a good subscription and 120 million subscribers, Wall Street loves because it's visibility. I'm like, I can't do that story today because your story on the Azure business is bigger than my story on the Xbox uh monthly. And my kid, I have to pay twenty bucks a month for him to play uh, Xbox. Anyhow. Um, what else is happening in the market other than Microsoft and uh, tech correction today?
3: Sure. Well, I think, you know, it isn't just Microsoft today, right? It's obviously the most high-profile name, but yes. there's other names that have, you know, companies that have come out and reported, and the guidance just hasn't really, you know, or their actual results just didn't really, you know, live up to expectation. You know, you can lump in Boeing there, right, which had a huge miss relative to what was uh, earnings were expected. Um you know uh we had kimberly clark a big consumer products company um you know didn't do so great in terms of its guidance and then you know kind of what we saw with kimberly clark is that it, it benefited during the quarter from price increases uh but those higher prices also took away from demand because volume was down in every segment uh for that company and then they're forecasting very little growth you know for 2023 but uh you know text instruments Meaning semiconductor company, you know, okay, earnings, nothing great, but still talking about, you know, a lot of concerns for the industrial side of the business and companies needing to work through inventory still. So, you know, I think we're just starting to get a, you know, picture here uh, coming into focus. We've only had about a hundred of the 500 S&P 500 companies, you know, report earnings, but the early picture is just that, you know, things are slowing. Um, that's not altogether surprising, but. The challenge for the market here right now is to try to figure out if what we saw happen in 2022 adequately discounted the slowdown that we're going to see in 2023. And uh, and that's an open question right now. And so that's why you're kind of going to get some of this volatility persisting here is that you know debate rages on but we've got a lot more companies yet to report earnings so probably within you know the next 3 to 4 weeks we'll have some more we'll definitely have more clarity on on what the market is really thinking about uh valuation and whether it's been you know whether this earnings slowdown has been adequately discounted yet
2: so, who's right? Is the market right with a ten-year Treasury pricing, or is mm-hmm. the Fed Reserve right with their fight on inflation? Um, do you pay attention to the market getting that ten-year Treasury lower and lower, and and saying mm-hmm. this is what's going to happen? Is it? This? I, I look at the ten-year Treasury as smart money versus, like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what we call the Fed Reserve uh, financial media,
3: right? Well they, they, they technically could both be right. Um okay. ten years pricing in but the prospect that, you know, inflation's gonna come, you know, down considerably, that could be born out of the fact that the Fed is going to stay really stubborn in terms of its uh tightening policy. Um and uh, you know, the concern of course that, you know, some think is being reflected in that inverted yield curve where you have, you know, a three month T bill um yielding, you know, what, about a hundred and nearly 120 basis points more than your 10-year note yield. You know, that inversion is is triggering concerns about the economy ultimately sliding into a, into a recession. And uh, that, of course, would help cure some of those inflation problems. But you know, I think it is one of the big risks for the stock market this year, right, is that, you know, uh, there's been a whole class of investors that's just been groomed to expect that the Fed is just going to ride to the rescue and it's going to blink any time there is, you know, weakness in the stock market. And, you know, I, I'm i not convinced yet that uh, Fed Chair Powell and his colleagues are going to blink so readily this time. I think they really are trying to message here with the uh, recognition that, you know, there were past mistakes made, you know, back when in the early 80s when there was, you know, an effort to cut rates too soon. And then we allowed inflation to come back pretty pretty rapidly. And and I don't think they want to repeat that mistake. And that's what they've been, you know, communicating over and over here. And so the idea that we're gonna get a rate cut in 2023 still looks a little little, uh, far-fetched in our estimation. And I think that the market could be struggling, you know, as the year progresses with the frustration of knowing that the Fed is sticking to its knitting and and is not going to cut rates. Um, And then if it were to cut rates, it will likely do so because things are 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 quite bad you know and that's not a good thing for earnings either so we're just in a little bit of that you know uh uh, in a pickle here if you will Uh, we've had a nice start to the year but i think that's been driven mostly by you know positioning and sentiment more so than uh, than a true fundamental driver i think if you take a step back and look at the fundamental picture yes inflation is getting better but it's not as good as it needs to be but earnings growth is slowing And uh, and that's really the more important driver. Um, And so I think you'll have a market that is just going to struggle to to really, you know, make a a, significant headway uh, uh, from current levels.
2: Let's show you the difference between what you and I do. And I'm going to kind of get in a kick out of the state. You talked about Kimberly Clark and how they've raised prices because tree prices go up and they make toilet paper and things like that. I talk about Kimberly Clark and I go, one of the best financial tips I ever learned was when you have children, small children, buy cheap toilet paper, one ply, sandpaper, whatever, because they're going to clog the toilet and you're going to pay a plumber and he's going to say you should use one ply instead of double ply and plush. You don't care about your baby's butt. And I, I tell that story on air, and It's it's an odd one, but um, cutting down on how much you spend on plumbers is just as important as picking the right stocks in your lifetime. And then I move on to the next topic. Go ahead.
3: I was going to say one thing. I have four four children, and I can relate to exactly what you just said. But I also want to add from an investment standpoint, while Kimberly Clark's, you know, earnings weren't so terrific uh, and the guidance wasn't so terrific, they raised their dividend, you know. And uh, and that's one of the benefits of a company like Kimberly Clark. You still generate a lot of cash flow. Uh, you know, they pay a well-covered dividend. And, and that's that's where the long-term investing value, you know, also kicks in here. You're going to see these companies. They'll ebb and flow with the business cycle. Uh, but uh, they're certainly built for the long haul. And uh, the patient-minded investor in a good quality name like that, you know, most likely comes out ahead in the end.
2: The idea is that on the day we die, we'll probably still be using Kimberly Clark toilet paper, but maybe not Microsoft's Azure cloud platform. Thanks very much. I'm going to give you a good plug on the way out. I look forward to your big picture on Fridays. I start my day every day with your page one. Briefing.com is a reliable source of both domestic and international news. I was looking at the in-play yesterday in the last hour of the market, in the first hour after the market closed. You would have thought it was the first time I've ever experienced the joy of looking at how stocks work. You can find me online at Rob Black show. You can find briefing at briefing.com.
1: For more information about EP Wealth, visit Black.com. That's robblack.com.